0: Torah as Song. Moses' long and tempestuous career is about to end. With words of blessing and encouragement, he hands on the mantle of leadership to his successor, Joshua, saying, I'm 120 years old today. I may no longer go out and come in, since the Lord has said to me, You will not cross this Jordan. As Rushi notes, he says, I may not, not I cannot. He is still in full bodily vigor, his eye, Undimmed and his natural energy unabated, but he has reached the end of his personal road. The time had come for another age and new generation and a different kind of leader. But before he takes leave of life, God has one last command for him and through him for the future. Now write for yourselves this song, and teach it to the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me among the children of Israel. The plain sense of the verse is that God was commanding Moses and Joshua to write out that song that follows, that of Ha'azinu, so Rashi and Nachmanides understand it. But the oral tradition read it differently. According to the sages, now write for yourselves applies to the Torah as a whole. Thus, the last of the 613 commands is to write, or at least take part in writing, even if only a single letter, a Torah scroll. Here is how Maimonides states the law. Every Israelite is commanded to write a Torah scroll for himself as it says, now therefore write this song, meaning write for yourselves a complete copy of the Torah that contains this song, since we don't write isolated passages of the Torah but only a complete scroll. Even if you have inherited a Torah scroll from your parents, nonetheless it's a mitzvah to write one for oneself, and one who does so is as if he had received the Torah from Mount Sinai. One who does not know how to write a scroll may engage a scribe to do it for him, and whoever corrects even one letter is as if he had written a whole scroll. Now, why this command? Why at the end of Moses' life? Why make it the last of the commands? And why, if the reference to Torah is is to Torah as a whole, why call it etashirahazot, this song, rather than etatorahazot, this Torah? The oral tradition is here hinting at a set of very deep ideas. First, it's telling the Israelites and us that it's not enough to say, we received the Torah from Moses or from our parents. We have to take the Torah and make it new in every generation. We have to write our own scroll. The point about the Torah is not that it's old, but that it's new. Not that it's just about the past, but about the future. It's not simply some ancient document that comes from an earlier era in the evolution of society. It speaks to us here now, but not without our making the effort to write it again. There are two Hebrew words for an inheritance, Nachalah and Yerusha, or Morasha, and they convey different ideas. Nachalah is related to Nachal, meaning a river, a stream. As water flows downhill, so an inheritance flows down the generations. It happens naturally, it needs no effort on our part. But a Yerushah or a Morasha is different. It means to take possession of something by a positive deed. The Israelites received the land as a result of God's promise to Abraham. It was their legacy, but they nonetheless had to fight battles and win wars. Lahavdil, Mozart and Beethoven were both born to musical fathers. Music was in their genes, but their art was the result of almost endless hard work. Torah is a morashah, not a nachalah. We need to write it for ourselves, not merely inherit it from our ancestors. And why call the Torah a song? Because if we are to hand on our faith and way of life to the next generation, it must sing. Torah must be effective, not just cognitive. It must speak to our emotions. As Antonio Damasio showed empirically in Descartes' Era, though the reasoning part of the brain is central to what makes us human, It's the limbic system, the seat of the emotions, that leads us to choose this way, not that. If our terror lacks passion, we will not succeed in passing it on to the future. Music is the affective dimension of communication, the medium through which we express, evoke and share emotion. Precisely because we are creatures of emotion, music is an essential part of the vocabulary of mankind. Music has a close association with spirituality. As Rainer Maria Rilke put it, words still go softly out towards the unsayable and music, always new from palpitating stones, builds in useless space its godly home. Song is central to the Jewish experience. We don't pray, we daven, meaning we sing the words, we direct towards heaven. Nor do we read the Torah. Instead, we chant it. Each word, with its own cal- cantillation. Even rabbinical texts are merely studied, uh, are not merely studied. We chant them with the particular sing-song known to all students of Talmud. To learn, you have to sing each time and each text, has its specific melodies. The same prayer may be sung to a half a dozen different tunes, depending on whether it's part of the morning, afternoon, or evening service, and whether the day is a weekday, a Shabbos, a festival, or one of the Yomim Noraim, the High Holy Days. There are different cantillations for biblical readings, depending on whether the text comes from the Torah, or the or K'tuvim, the writings. Music is the map of the Jewish spirit, and each spiritual experience has its own distinctive melodic landscape. Judaism is a religion of words and yet whenever the language of Judaism aspires to the spiritual it modulates into song as if the words themselves sought escape from the gravitational pull of finite meanings. Music speaks to something deeper than the mind. If we are to make Torah new in every generation we have to find ways of singing its song a new way. The words never change but the music does. A previous chief rabbi of Israel, Rabbi Avram Shapiro, once told me a story about two great rabbinic sages of the 19th century, equally distinguished scholars, one of whom lost his children to the secular spirit of the age, the other of whom was blessed by his children who followed in his path. The difference between them was this, he said. When it came to Sudash Lishit, the third Sabbath meal, the former spoke words of Torah, while the latter sang songs. His message was clear. Without an affective dimension, without music, Judaism is a body without a soul. It's the songs we teach our children that convey our love of God. Some years ago, one of the leaders of World Jewry wanted to find out what had happened to the missing children of Poland, those who, during the war, had been adopted by Christian families and brought up as Catholics. He decided that the easiest way was through food, so he organised a large banquet and placed advertisements in the Polish press inviting whoever believed that they had been born a Jew to come to this free dinner. Hundreds came, but the evening was on the brink of disaster since none of those present could remember anything of their earliest childhood. Until the man asked the person sitting next to him if he could remember the song his Jewish mother had sung to him before going to sleep. The man began to sing Roshinkah's Midmundlan, Raisins and Almonds, the old Yiddish lullaby. I won't bore you by trying to sing it myself, but you get the, the gist. Slowly others joined in, until the whole room was a choir. Sometimes all that is left of Jewish identity is a song. Rabbi Yechiel Michel Epstein, in the introduction to the Orecha Shulchan, Choshen Mishpat, Writes that the Torah is compared to a song because to those who appreciate music the most beautiful choral sound is a complex harmony, with many different voices singing different notes. So he says it is with the Torah and its myriad commentaries, its seventy faces. Judaism is a song scored for many voices, the written text its melody, the oral tradition its polyphony. So it is with poetic closure. That Moses' life ends with the command to begin again in every generation, writing our own scroll, adding our own commentaries, the people of the book endlessly reinterpreting the book of the people and singing its song. The Torah is God's libretto, and we the Jewish people are his choir. Collectively, we have sung God's song. We are the performers of his choral symphony. And though when Jews speak, they often argue. When they sing, they sing in harmony, because words are the language of the mind, but music is the language of the soul.